God is almighty and God is the one that intervenes, not only when we call upon him, but he is ever present. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the one that breathes life into each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord, that as we come and acknowledge that we need your intervention, Lord, that we can be assured that you are listening, that you are powerful, that you are kind, that you are loving, that you are gracious. For your sake we pray. Amen. When we think of that word, divine intervention, we need to acknowledge, just as I said in the prayer, that in Genesis we read about creation in all its glory that God created. But then we also read the beginning of mankind. And that is where God breathed the Ruach Spirit into the first man that he created. And that Ruach Spirit is within us as well. So that is the intervention that we have to be aware of when we ask God to intervene in our lives. Now, for many people, there are different ways that they look at intervention. For some, they look at intervention in three ways. And they look at it in a way that we have this huge miracles and um, showy things that the, the newspaper wants to write about. And then we have the one of displaying God's mercy and grace every day. But then, the most powerful act in history, and that is the work on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. But what does it mean when we speak about intervention? I would say that intervention is yes, all of those three, God does listen to us. But I also want to say that God is not only intervening, but he is always veening. He is with us every day and every moment of the day. We like to hear about these showy miracles and we like to hear about the healing. We like to hear about the stories that people tell us. And yes, that is true even today for us. Those things do not change. But does God really work through divine intervention when we ask him, Lord, what is happening in our country today? What is happening in the world? God loves us so much that he will do everything to get our attention. 
I'm not saying that God is punishing us because of COVID-19. I'm not saying that God is punishing anyone and wants people to suffer. But what I am saying is that God is a jealous God. And we have to admit that we have taken off our focus from God. We have become independent. We have, have made choices that we put God on the back burner. And when we really need Him, then we say, Lord, intervene. Come into this situation. What does the Bible say about divine intervention? The Bible speaks about divine intervention from beginning to end, just like he breathed into man until right at the end. There is not a page of the Bible that doesn't boast of the glory of God, the goodness of God, and the divine work of God. God created the universe and humans not only initiating our existence, but involving himself in the smallest details of our lives. God, by nature, is sovereign over all creation, and we are simply clay in the potter's hands. The biblical view of God's sovereign nature means that he has supreme authority and that all things are under his control. And we know from Psalm 121 verse 4 that God never slumbers and he never sleeps. He is not small and finite as we are. The God of the Bible is our protector, he is our provider, and he is our personal intercessor. God is not lazy, looking down at humans amused by our choices. His sovereign nature is at work all throughout scripture. But there are certain ways that we see the sovereignty that comes through. God is sovereign over our pain and suffering. And yes, we are at a space in history and time where we are suffering, but we are not the only ones that have suffered in history. There have been many people throughout generations, even in the Bible, who have suffered and gone through this pain and this loss. When heartache hits, God is our greatest comforter. Suffering on this earth will not last, as he has promised to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And in the midst of our pain, he takes what is intended for evil and he turns it into good. And he does allow testing. And he is just in all he does. From the book of Job, I know that you can do all things. Secondly, God is sovereign over all our victories. When we come home every night and God has protected us, when we come back to our families, the one who has given us the breath of life, he is sovereign over that victory of every day 
that he gives us and is a gift. In Ephesians 3 verse 20 we read, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is sovereign in your calling. God directs our steps and he weaves together the plans that he has for us. That very famous scripture in Jeremiah 29. God is ultimately in control of our jobs, our homes, our living and our mission. He does not neglect us in his plans or leave us to our own devices. He is involved in our lives and he places us where he wants us to be. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is sovereign over our futures. We don't know what's going to happen. Like we heard the story of policemen leaving home, policewoman leaving home in the morning and not returning in the evening. But God is sovereign over our future. In Christ, we have escaped a world of sin and we become partakers of God's divine nature. And because of this, we do not have to fear the future or experience anxiety in the unknown. I know that people who suffer trauma over and over also suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. God knows your future. And in that space and that place of your anxiety, God is with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Lastly, God is sovereign over sin. God did not allow sin to enter the world to leave us in brokenness and shame. Yes, we do see a lot of evil around us. We don't understand why people seek to kill those who are called to protect us. God has been sovereign over our sin since the very beginning and continues to be sovereign over it as he has once and for all taken the penalty of our sin on the cross. How do we respond to when we admit that the cross revels in the divine interventions? We cannot wonder if God really works through divine intervention, but instead look at life through the lens of the gospel. We must see how God created us as beautiful eternal beings who became marked by sin and in a need of a great saviour 
our Lord Jesus Christ. We must see that the whole story of our universe, of the Bible, is the ultimate work of God's divine intervention and plan. And the work of the cross is not a one-time exception in our world. The work of the cross revels in the very divine nature of who God is. Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection are the very reason that we are here. Jesus took our guilt and shame and he nailed it to the cross with himself, defeating sin, Satan, and shame once and for all. Firstly, we respond to God's sovereignty by giving God all the glory. The chief end of man is to know God intimately and make him fully known in our lives. Secondly, as we ask for divine intervention and understand what it means for us in the light of the gospel, we respond by unceasing prayer, seeking God in each move we make, thanking him for every step we are able to take, and generously asking him for his wisdom. His sovereign nature doesn't allow for apathetic, lukewarm Christians to not know their God-given purpose. His sovereignty propels us to glorify him through the work that he has called each of us to do. So whenever we step out in our calling in what we need to do, we also need to know that there is a command to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we respond to God's sovereignty, knowing that in all things we can be fully satisfied in the very nature of who God is. That contentment that Paul speaks about, whether I have plenty or whether I have nothing, in all circumstances, in my suffering, in my pain, in my trial, in my joys, we can be content in all things, no matter what is happening around us. And we may not fully understand what God is doing, but we can always trust God that he does all things for our good and his glory. In Romans 8:28, we read, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And throughout our lives, there may be times where we wonder why God has placed us in the circumstances that we are. We are asking that question now. We may question his existence or even experience suffering beyond what we can even imagine. However, we have to keep in mind that God is always with us. He is always intervening in different ways. 
At times it may feel as if the music of our lives have stopped. But one thing that we are reminded is that in Micah 6, there's a question asked, what does the Lord require from us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we have heard your word to us today, we are humbled by your power, your presence. We are humbled by how your spirit has reminded us, Lord, that as we call upon your divine intervention, you are already here. But you even hear us in those circumstances where we want to ask, Lord, that you do something miraculous. And so, Lord, we ask that as we reflect and ponder upon your word, that your spirit will comfort us, bring us healing, and, Lord, that you will move us forward, knowing that you are sovereign and that you are always with us. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen.